Mr. Happy Living here, and I'm happy to be broadcasting from WITV7 in the beautiful Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey friends, imagine just for a moment how you'd feel living the life you were put on this planet to live, doing work you love, with people you love, in places you love, and all the while creating something of real value to others. That's what I call a life of significance. And I can tell you, it's a very happy life. And so can Dr. Chris Dortch. He's my special guest today. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Something Significant Show. Oh, thank you. It's so good to be with you. Awesome. So just tell our audience what you're doing these days to leave your mark of significance on the world. Well, I am a pastor. I've been in ministry for nearly 30 years. Uh, my most recent and current ministry has been one of the most challenging and the at the same time, one of the most rewarding ministries uh, that I've ever been a part of. I've been in established churches, as I said, for nearly 30 years. And uh, a couple of years ago, 2019, God called me to, to plant from the ground up a brand new church. And uh, so little did I know COVID was going to come, but God had me right in the middle of that planting a new church and it's exactly where God wants me to be. So I didn't really understand the word plant a church, but I do now. And it's, it's, it's entrepreneurship. Yeah. And right? it's like building That's from exactly the ground right. up a, a brand new business. You just call yes. different words. Okay. So just tell our audience a little bit about why you're called Dr. Chris Dorch and the experience that you had in your education and kept going and kept going. And so give us a little bit on that. Yeah, I actually, I, it's strange. I did it kind of backwards. I jumped into ministry uh, when I was 21 years old. And so I started it, you know, very, very young without formal training and education. And uh, so after years of being in ministry, you know, God opened up the door and opportunity for me to can get I, more formal. I, let yeah. me stop you there, because I, I think I did in, in my research, I think you went into ministry first instead of education because of a disaster that happened in your life. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah. So, so add that little bit because that's important <laughs> about how you work and how you live your life. Yeah. We had, you know, Cheryl, my wife and I, uh, we were married for one month and two days uh, and we lost everything that we owned through a flood. Uh, over six feet of water came into our apartment and it devastated us. Uh, so it destroyed us financially. It just destroyed us in a lot of different ways. We couldn't afford uh, for both of us to continue our education. And since I was already doing ministry, uh, it became priority to put Cheryl's education ahead of my own. So Cheryl finished her uh, education. She actually, I say she finished, she's still working on it. She'll be a doctor uh, at some point. And, uh, but she, she finished her bachelor's and her master's degree. And once she finished her master's degree, we knew, all right, this is the opportunity for me to return and to finish my bachelor's degree, my master's degree. And eventually, as, as well as and I did them all three back to back, uh, did my doctorate as well uh, with a, a degree in theology and degree in ministry. So very good. Thank you, Chris. So now let's let our audience get to know you through the mathematical equation of our happy formula. And you know it, capacity plus purpose equals happy. So let's start with capacity. 
what are your practices for building your personal capacity, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, financial, emotional? What things do you do on a regular basis to create all the capacity you need to take really good care of yourself and your loved ones and still have plenty left over to give to others? It's a great question. And I really like the question because as the answer I give to you is actually what I wrote my doctoral dissertation on. Hmm. And that, that it really is building that, that personal capacity. And my, my doctoral dissertation was built around uh, six disciplines that I needed to build in my life. Hmm. And those six, those six disciplines or habits is what I call them. Uh, and I use it as an acrostic to spell out the word habits, H-A-B-I-T-S. Hmm. And they are, the H is, is first and foremost in my life. And that is hang out with God every day hang out with God. I spend time in the Bible, reading, reading God's word, and I spend time in prayer. So that's the first and foremost is hang out with God. The A stands for accountability. If I'm going to build personal capacity in my life, I have to recognize I need other people in my life, community, people who are going to support me, uh, people who are going to encourage me. The Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. So I want to make sure that I have other people who are investing into my life and sharpening me. Uh, so accountability is a high priority. The B in habits stands for Bible memorization or Bible meditation. Mm -hmm. when, when I think about like the Eastern religions, when they, they talk about meditation, it's an emptying of the mind. In Christian thought, the idea of meditation is actually to fill your mind and more specifically to fill it with God's word. So I want to have Bible meditation throughout the day. I want to think about God's word. I want to, to, I want to consider how does it impact my life? The I stands for involvement. Involvement in two things, a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. If we want to leave a significant mark, then we need to think locally and globally. And you know, what are we doing to, to have a ministry in the church somewhere where we're serving the needs of others? And then at the same time, what's our mission in the world? How are we taking that same gospel message uh, that we have within the church and how are we taking it out beyond the walls of the church to a mission in the world? So hanging out with God, accountability, Bible meditation, involvement in ministry in the church, mission in the world, the T stands for tithing. And tithing is more than just giving to the church. It's also this idea of stewardship. That I, want to be, I want to be a good steward of the finances that I have. I want to be a good steward of all that God has blessed me with, recognizing that everything belongs to him and I am but a steward of what is his and I want to honor him with that. And then finally, the S in habits is sermon application. Whenever I hear a sermon or preach a sermon, ultimately I wanna ask myself the question, what does God want me to do in response to hearing his word proclaimed? How do I apply this to my life? So those are the six habits that I've developed in my life to, to build personal capacity. That's outstanding. Great stuff. Okay, before moving on to purpose, let's talk about my favorite capacity building concept. It's called Kaizen. Mm -hmm. And this is a Japanese idea that small incremental improvements add up over time to yield great big results. And it means there's always something you can do better tomorrow than you did today. And I love it because it always keeps me moving forward in some way every single day. So Chris, how do you Kaizen your personal capacity to continuously become more so you can continuously give more? Again, great question. And I think that 
for me, when I, when I think about some of the narratives in our culture, one of the things that uh, our culture says is, uh, if at first you don't succeed, what? Try, try again. You know, we've yeah. heard that. That's, we, yeah. we, we've, we've heard it probably our whole lives. It actually comes from a limerick of a teacher about 100 years ago. She wrote it in a teacher's manual. And it, and it says, tis a lesson you should heed. Uh, try, try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And that's the narrative. That's, that's what we hear. But the problem that I hear within that is, what does that mean to try, try harder, try, try again? If you were to put me in a boxing ring with even a lightweight champion, uh, and, and Matt, you were coaching me and you said, all right, get in there and just give it your best. Get, don't just give it 100%, give it 110%. Hmm. You and I both know the outcome of that boxing match, right? I'm going I'm to lose. I'm going to lose in a terrible way. And now, why am I going to lose? Because it's not how hard you try, it's how well you train. And that's the principle that I try to live by. Because I recognize I could go back to the corner, you pat me on the back and you say, listen, you've got this, go out there and just try harder. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what our culture has, has, we've told each other is just, well, try harder. And we, we, have, we, we have these moments of failure and then we think, you know, what do, what do I do? How do I make progress? How do I keep going? And the narrative is try harder. We'll give 110%. The problem with that is both of those concepts are so abstract that we don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea here is if it's not how hard you try, try, but how well you've trained, the Bible teaches us with words like this. It says to train yourself unto godliness, hmm. to equip. We are to be equipped. We are to you have discipline. Well, those are very different words from just try. Mm -hmm. So if, if, I, if I recognize that it's not how hard I try, but how well I train, then I want to train myself for these circumstances. If I want to succeed in physical, mental, spiritual, financial, emotional, it's not just try harder. It's train myself well in each of those areas. Yeah, and, and train's a great word to use along with Kaizen because that's why it happens. As you do each, each incremental step, you're, you're pressing the weight up and you get stronger each day. Um, all of a sudden you look back and you're lifting hundred pounds instead of 50 pounds right. and it's easy. Yes. And so that's, that's the magic of Kaizen is the more you train, yes. the easier your life gets. Yes. And, and the reason the little lightweight whooped you in the boxing ring is up is our next topic um that's his purpose and not yours <laughs> that's so, exactly right. let's dive into that second element of the happy formula and to me it seems like major life transformations or discovery of purpose often come from devastation addictions disease death disasters some big crisis shakes a life however in my book turning inspiration into action i share a transformational process that i've used to discover my purpose using inspiration. So how about you, Chris? Was there a specific moment or event or crisis or inspiration that revealed to you the purpose you were meant to live? I can distinctly remember the place I was, where I was, what I was doing, uh, everything short of what I was wearing and what I ate that day. Hmm. Uh, but I, I had, as a teenager, I didn't, I didn't really grow up in church. 
Uh, but as a teenager, I began to go to church because I had friends that invited me. And But it wasn't until I was in college, I was so convinced that architecture was the career path that I was headed down uh, that at a very young age, now, mm-hmm. I, 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 had, I had, was convinced that architecture was where I was going to be. Now, uh, a little bit of backstory really quick. Uh, when I was a child, I was diagnosed with Perthes disease. Uh, it's a childhood disease of the hip bone in which um, uh, usually diagnosed between you know, young uh, boys between the ages of four and 10. And that, that at some point, I was told that I would spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. Oh, my. Uh, so, you know, to a certain degree, I, I, knowing that and recognizing that, my, my parents encouraged me to develop things uh, that, I could do, that I could do sitting down, mm-hmm. uh, that I could, you know, things that, so art and architecture mm-hmm. and drawing and drafting, building models, all of those things became part of my routine as a child just before my 11th birthday and just before I was scheduled to have uh, surgery on my hip, I had an emergency appendectomy mm-hmm. and that they, they basically came out and said no Perthes disease. I mean, it was gone. And uh, so the limping was gone. All of that was gone. But fast forward, I, I, I had not changed my mind about architecture. I was still convinced so much so that I pursued it into my, you know, three years in college, you know, I, this is what I wanted to do. But my sophomore year, I was miserable doing what I loved. And that's a crazy place to be. Absolutely miserable doing something that you love to do and something that you have wanted to do your entire life. And I distinctly remember I was, I was dating my now wife at the, uh, you know, we were dating at the time I was in their family room and I was reading first Corinthians chapter three. And I came across the passage and it says, this is the apostle Paul talking. And he said, God was kind and allowed me to become a wise master builder. I laid a foundation on which others have built, but we must each be careful how we build. And when I read that, there was something that, that triggered in my mind. And I was thinking, did I just read in one of my architecture classes that the word architect means master builder? Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and the Apostle Paul in Greek actually used the word architect. And I read it again. God was kind and allowed me to become an architect, but not one. And so here I'm thinking about this, not one of brick and mortar, but one who is going to build upon a foundation that is already laid, which is Christ Jesus. And I'm going to help other people build upon that foundation. And I want to help them be careful how they build. That was life changing for me. That was the moment when I knew God had called me to be an architect, but not one of brick and mortar, but one of ministry, one that's building upon the foundation of Christ. And how, how quickly did that come and transform your life? Was it something you deliberated over or was it kind of? Oh, it, it was, it was a switch. I mean, when I read wow. that passage, it was, it was okay, God, I get it. And I surrender. I, now to be truthful, it felt like a rug pulled out from underneath me. Yeah. I had been planning since grade school to pursue architecture. Yeah. I felt like I was going to let everybody down, yeah. you know, cause everybody was like, Oh, he's going to be an architect. And then, and now, well, here's what I've discovered. 
there, you know, we make a distinction sometimes between job and career. I would even make a distinction between job, career, and calling. Mm-hmm. And God had, God was called. This was something I was called to do. This is not just a job. It's not just a career. This is something that I have to do. And, and it was so clear that I knew that it, and, and God usually affirms in three ways. He affirms through his word, and he had already done that through 1 Corinthians. Then he affirms through other believers in the church. When I started sharing this with other Christians, other people in the church, they, they already knew. They knew long before I did that I would be in ministry. They were just waiting for me to catch up and, and recognize it. And then the third thing is the circumstances. God will use the circumstances to affirm. So all of those quickly lined up for me. And that was why I started ministry so soon. That's why I was 21 years old. And I was like, okay, this is what I've got to do. And I started, I started working in church right then as soon as, as soon as I had opportunity. Good stuff. Okay, Chris, let's take a commercial break because I want to tell everyone about three things. Why I love my portable relaxed sauna, how they can save a hundred bucks when they buy one of their own and how their purchase will support a great big donation to WITV7. Mr. Happy Living here. I love good things made by good people. That's why I love my relaxed sauna. I bask in its healing far infrared rays every morning. In just 20 minutes, I sweat as much as if I'd run four miles, but I'm not exhausted. Instead, I feel great. And I've boosted my metabolism, burned calories, sweated away toxins, and some body fat too. What a relaxing and healthy way to start a day. A study in Finland found People who regularly use saunas live longer and have fewer fatal heart problems. So get the benefits of a sauna in your home for your family too. It's surprisingly affordable, it's portable, and it fits nearly anywhere. Go to happyliving.com and select Partners in Happy to get 100 bucks off any purchase of $1,000 or more. And I'll donate another $100 for every order placed during the entire month of December to WYTV7. So here's my idea for you. Get a relaxed sauna for yourself this holiday season and give another as a gift. Okay, we're back. And this is the Something Significant Show. And I'm Matt Gersper. Hey, friends, do yourself a great big health favor. Make the investment to buy a relaxed sauna for your home. It's the only sauna that filters out all of the non-healing light rays, so you can totally absorb all of the scientifically proven healing ones. I use mine every morning and I absolutely love it. And now back to my special guest, Pastor Chris. Hey Chris, I recently discovered an article called The Science Behind the Power of Giving on lifescience.com. And it says the act of giving itself can be a gateway to discovering your reason for being on the planet. It concludes that compelling scientific data supports the notion that giving one's time and talents and treasures is a powerful pathway to discovering purpose, transcending difficulties, and finding fulfillment and meaning in life. I was so impressed, I updated the happy formula. Capacity plus purpose plus giving equals really happy. So what do you think, Chris, from your own life experience, have you found that giving your time 
and talents and treasures has been a pathway for discovering your purpose and transcending difficulties that you've faced and for bringing real meaning into your life? Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about that, of you know, giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, is the idea that uh, the Bible says that uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hmm. So uh, in other words, you know, what you give your money to, where your treasure is, your heart is going to follow that, uh, hmm. or your, your money is going to follow your heart. And that's really what it's after. Where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be as well. Uh, one follows the other. So what I've discovered is that giving is more than just, uh, you know, the Bible also says it's better to give than to receive. Now, that's made its way into our culture as well, right? We, we say that all the time in our, even in our culture. But where did they get that from? Well, the Bible says. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, when we give, it's an act of worship. Hmm. When we give, it's an act of worship. Now, whether whether you're whether you're a believer or not, you know, give. There are benefits to that, and we don't necessarily give for the benefits. Uh, we give because there is something about it that God has written on our hearts. This desire to give, because out of it, there just seems something worshipful about it that's very interesting and so and that's the science so the science agrees right, right. Um, and i agree with the science because i've experienced that wonderful feeling myself uh it, it comes from the fourth element of significance doing work that creates value for others giving to others right and i've experienced firsthand how the magic of life comes not from getting more and that's fun but it comes from giving more but there's more to it than that. It's not just the giving that's magical. What I've been exploring and learning about is it's when you're giving from living in your purpose, that's where the magic lies. So Chris, tell us, how does it make you feel when you're giving to others through the work you were put on this planet to do? And during your five years at Hawesville Baptist Church as the minister of youth and education, nearly a dozen of your students accepted a call into ministry becoming worship leaders and yeah. youth pastors and church planners, or when you served as pastor, youth pastor at Christ Community Church and you helped grow the youth group up to 150 to 200 students a week, yeah. or quite simply, when you help another unbeliever become a disciple of Christ by proclaiming the gospel. Tell us, Chris, how does all that make you feel? <laughs> you know, Matt, you've done your homework. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when you put it into that, you know, into that concise perspective of kind of looking back at uh, what, I've, what I've done in ministry and the purpose and what God has called me to and what I've invested, here's what it reminds me of. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the movie Chariots of Fire. You remember the movie Chariots of Fire? There was this scene mm -hmm. where Eric says, you know, God made me to run fast. And then he says this, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Yep. That, that to me is what, what you have just described is where I'm at when I see my purpose and my giving collide, yep. where those two things come together. And I'm going, 
oh my goodness, all the students that I've seen and, and watched them go into ministry and, and how, they, how they have really ministered to me. And I see my life's purpose being fulfilled uh, on, on that scale and, and just looking back at it, it's remarkable. And I have to say, you know, God, God has made me to be an architect and to help others build upon the foundation of Christ. And when I am able to do that and give and invest my life into the life of others, I feel God's pleasure. See, that's, that's a great way to express it. And that's folks out there listening. That's when, when you are actually living in your purpose, your life gets so easy. And, and the reason is, you know, I say it's because, um, you are, you are aligning with your inner spirit. And what you're saying is it's, it's God powered. And yeah. I think that's, that's the, that's the beauty of it. So if you haven't found your purpose, keep, keep looking. And because purpose and giving make this great big happy circle. And we'll go back to the, to the science. Giving your time and talents and treasures is a powerful pathway for discovering purpose. And giving from living in your purpose brings profound joy to your life. So giving leads to purpose and giving from purpose leads to joy. And that's the exponential power of the happy formula. Capacity plus purpose plus giving equals happy to the third power. And that's really, truly, deeply happy. Does that sound about right to you, Chris? That sounds great. Sounds good. Very good. Good stuff. So let's wrap things up with a lightning round. I'll read a few of my favorite quotes, and then you respond telling us what it means to you. The first thing that comes to your mind, because it's called a lightning round. <laughs> so here we, here we go. From Hemingway. I just found this one. I love it. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, some are strong at the broken places. Oh, wow. You know, I, it makes me think of the world is broken. The world is broken, and it's broken. And the Bible says that the world groans and is yearning to be restored. And that's what we're all yearning for. So the earth is groaning and wants to be restored. We want to be restored. And, and the way that we find that at the end of it is we either, we either fall into the trap of being, continuing being broken, or we find Christ, find redemption, and we find restoration ultimately. And then we're stronger in, in that place yeah. we're broken. Good stuff. From H. Jackson Brown, sometimes the heart sees what's invisible to the eyes. Oh, it reminds me, again, scripture, do not fix your eyes on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So learning to fix our eyes on things that are not seen is a difficult thing to do. But as in ministry, that's exactly what we're called to do, yeah. is to help people see the unseen. Okay, um, then I was going to spring on you, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 to 11, but you've, uh, you've already put that out there, and that's great. This one's from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Even if no one sees or acknowledges it, a silent blessing or thought of love towards others contains a vibration that will be felt through the cosmos. Mm, integrity. I mean, that's really what integrity is, right? doing something even even if nobody sees it uh that the in, integrity comes from the word integer oneness uh we want to be the same in all 
in all environments. I want to be the same person that you see at church in my home. And I want to be the same person in my home as I am, you know, when I'm out having, having dinner with my wife uh, and, you know, having that integrity of, of doing, doing the same thing in all environments, uh, no matter who sees what. So uh, having integrity, I think is the key there. I like it. This is the show anchor from Goth. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. Hmm. Don't don't wait. Don't wait. It's the uh, you know when I think about the the hard work of the ants from Proverbs. You know, it talks about you know just do do the hard work. That's, That's good. good. Okay, and now, folks, it's your time. It's your turn to play along with us. If you can hear my voice and you were inspired by today's show with Dr. Chris Dorch, please share some love with our outstanding broadcast team by donating what you can to WITV7. They're a 501c3 charity on a mission to educate, empower, and encourage. They do good works with your kindness. Chris, I just love your dedication to reaching the unchurched and other people in need with the gospel. And I admire your lifelong commitment and dedication to sharing your faith with others, connecting them to the church, teaching and preaching sound doctrine, serving the needs of others and glorifying God Almighty in your home and in your church and in your daily living. And I'm super happy that you're my pastor and that you've shared your powerful voice on our show today. Will you please take a minute and share any parting remarks you'd like to leave with our audience? Well, I love the fact that you just quoted my life, my life uh, you know, mission. And, you know, I will say this, my number one goal in life, you know, as, as you just said, is, is all about the gospel. And if people could just remember four themes, and you've heard me say these before as well, it's creation. It starts with creation. We were created in the image of God. The Bible says, let us make mankind in our image, uh, male and female, to reflect the righteousness and holiness of God. And we have to begin there and recognize that we are unlike anything else in creation because we were created in his image. The second theme is the fall. We mess things up. We sin. And because we sin, we don't do a very good job of reflecting the image of God. But the good news is redemption, that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us. That word redeem is to buy out of slavery, to bring us out of bondage to sin, and has redeemed us out of that. Why? So that we could do a better job of reflecting God's image within us. And then he restores us. And that's the fourth theme of the gospel. There's the Holy Spirit working within us to help us to do a better job. And one day, that brokenness that we talked about a minute ago, mm. he's going to restore all of that. The, the earth will no longer groan. The earth will no longer have the thorns and thistles. We won't, we won't sweat at the idea of, of work. We will enjoy work because he is restoring and making all things new. The cre creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And that is the gospel message in a nutshell. And that's my life. And that's what I'm all about. That's fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Oh, thank you. And I also want to thank WITV7 for hosting and promoting our show so we can keep interviewing inspiring guests like Pastor Chris and reaching folks just like you, ready to create your own extraordinary lives. A special thank you to our sponsors for the entire month of December. Relax sauna and happy living. And remember, I'll donate 100 bucks for every order placed during the entire month of December. So this holiday season, buy one sauna for yourself 
and give a few more as a gift. And most especially, thank you viewers and listeners. You'll find links to websites and social media and all things Chris Dorch. Find him, friend him. Go to his website to read his blog or buy his books at chrisdorch.com. That's all one word, Chris, D-O-R-T-C-H.com. Or listen to his podcast. It's called Growing University with Pastor Chris Dorch, available on iTunes. And if you're in the Mooresville area, Come join Chris and me at Grace Point Church every Sunday at 10 a.m. Find church information at gracepointlkn.com. That's gracepoint, L-K for Lake, and N for Norman.com. And from me to you, dear friends, I love you, and I want you to be happy by living your life to its fullest, to believe as I do that a better self is always possible today and every day for the rest of our lives. And I hope Chris has got you motivated and feeling super confident and bold too, ready for action, ready to start discovering your unique and distinct reason for being on this planet. Because that's how you're going to make your mark of significance on the world. And the world is ready to hear from you. Till next time, I'm Matt Gersper. You are awesome. And this is the Something Significant Show. And we're out.